said if we would hunger and thirst for righteousness, we would be filled. So one promise you've made us, and we know we can count on that. So fill your people today, Father. We thank you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So we're going to turn to Ephesians 1, and I uh, want to go over <clears throat> Paul's apostolic prayer for the church uh, because it's very, very important. I know when I was a fairly new Christian and I wanted to, what they call, go farther in God, uh, understand God more or uh, grow, you know, all of the terms that we use when we have spiritual hunger. Uh, this prayer was given to me by, you know, how things pass through the church through the body of Christ and everybody said oh you need to memorize this prayer because this is very important that you hold on to every promise that's in here and I found that that was true I found that that there is uh, revelation here and there's understanding here that I think it's important for us especially when we talk about things like in time move of God when we talk about revival when we talk about all these kinds of operations of the Holy Spirit that involve the church doing the work of the ministry, we have to understand the authority of God, where it comes from, and how it is released into the earth and what our part is in it. You also need to understand that this prayer has already been prayed for all of us. When Paul prayed for the church, he prayed for the church universal forever eternal and so when we talk about uh, apostolic prayer the ones that are already outlined in the bible it, it just means that there we're already under a covering that gives us permission to expect this to come to pass amen we you must understand that it's already ordained for you it's already given to you it's already released to you and all you have to do is, like they say, get under the cloud. Amen? Is get under it. And, and so it's, it's important for us to understand what Paul's vision for the church was. It's explained in this prayer. And, and so it's, it's good to get your bearings under the, the truth of God's word. That you can expect that God will answer and he will perform along the lines of this prayer. Uh, this is one of the ones that, you know, I sometimes say things, you can take this to the bank. You can count on this being a reality in your life. For so many years as a believer, I used to think that you had to get to a certain place. I don't know what that place was in God before God would use you to do certain things. That like his power was something that wasn't for everybody. It was for a certain select kind of people but i could never find out who those people were you know i mean that's what the devil does to you he makes you think it's not for you it's for so and so the people that do such and such and such and it's never you you know what i'm saying and so this prayer takes it out of the category of being maybe guesswork or maybe being doubtful that he's talking about you he is talking about the church eternal universal uh from henceforth and for the from the time of its birth uh till of uh, the time of the rapture of the church so his vision for the church is explained here so in ephesians chapter one verse starting in verse 17 there are a couple of apostolic prayers here but we'll do this one that starts in verse uh, 17 and verse 16 
Paul said, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So Paul was thankful for the church. He wasn't complaining about what we don't do right and what we ought to be doing. He was thankful for the church. Amen. True apostles are thankful for God's people. You know, they they have a heart uh, that is so in tune with, with hearing from God and understanding God. They understand what's precious on the earth. If it weren't for the church, this this we couldn't live here. Nobody could live here. The sinner couldn't live here. And so he says, I give thanks for you uh, before God, always making mention of you in my prayers. And he said, for this reason, and this is what I pray, and this is important for us to understand. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened to know the hope of her calling. What is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that's named not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And hath given him to be head over the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all and has put all things under his feet. Now, what the, the apostle is explaining here is that he wants the church to grow in certain things, in certain things. So apostolic authority is after something to come through the church. There's something there that they know the church has great potential in. And I think it's good for us to understand what that is, to mark it down, to make note of it, to expect it, to understand God wants it for us. So Paul, being an overseer of God's sheep, reveals the heart of God through his foundation laying ministers, the apostles and prophets. So the heart of God for the church universal eternal is revealed through the apostles and prophets so that they understand what God wants to do. They understand the potential of the church. They understand the potential of every soul that gets saved. They understand the potential of what is, is God has placed in your life and they begin to speak from the place of your potential. They don't speak about what you did wrong and how you didn't do something and you know how you need to grow up and how you need to. They speak to your potential. There is a, a, a saying or a, an art of, of dealing with problems that in Oriental cultures and Asian cultures, people tend to pick up and understand how to get the most out of people. And, uh, you know, I remember a story about a a gentleman who is talking about people who made mistakes in his business. And the uh, the one of the men said, well, I don't see many mistakes being made here. Your business runs so efficiently. He says, well, we point them out very little, but we capitalize on telling them what they did good and work from that strength instead of always condemning the weakness, you see. Weakness must be corrected. 
but then strength comes when strength is there. Now, some people just mess up everything. You understand what I'm saying? (laughs) Probably in the wrong place, the wrong time. But, you know, total mess ups have potential, too, if their heart is into it. You know, some people don't want to do certain jobs, and they're going to let you know they don't want to do them. But we're talking about people who have been screened and have skills and understand their potential. You speak to that potential so that when that person goes out, To do the work of the ministry, they have confidence that God is with them. They understand their capabilities. They understand what God wants them to do. And they understand that they are the person that God has sent to get that job done. And that's what you want. So apostles and prophets tend to see the sheep in an extremely capable light. The pastor, of course, oversees the sheep to make sure they stay in the discipline of carrying out the vision of the apostle and prophet. The evangelist is the one that goes out and gathers the sinner and bring them into the kingdom of heaven. And the teacher is the one, of course, who imparts knowledge and understanding so that people have the tools that they need to complete things. So apostles and prophets know how to speak to potential. They speak to your spirit man. They know how to encourage your spirit man and discourage the flesh. All gifts have the ability to correct the flock. And when I mean correction, I mean seeing you going in the wrong direction and coaxing you over into the proper. It's just like guiding a sheep around. You don't go and talk to it for two hours and give it a two-hour sermon to show go this way, go this way another three inches, and you'll be out of danger. And so this is something that's very, very simple. It's a simple process that Jesus ordained for the church. And so the church is is governed though by the foundation laying of apostles and prophets. Apostolic vision for the church is revealed in this prayer. Actually, this prayer reads like a blessing. It is something the writer wishes to impart to all saints. When when we bless the body of Christ, it is not selective in its blessing. The blessing goes out over all saints. So this is not a selective blessing. It's apostolic, and therefore it covers the whole body of Christ. So when we talk about apostolic and prophetic authority, we're talking about covering the whole body of Christ. Many times, because of the type of work and the the volume of the work that's being done by the church, the pastor can only handle what's uh, pertinent to his own flock. But the apostle and the prophet can speak and govern over the whole body. Their anointing does that. You got me? This is so very important to keep in mind. And it doesn't mean that somebody's bigger than somebody else or somebody's small or somebody's limited. We're all called of God and all of our functions are very important. But when we talk about um, offices that have a certain scope of authority, the apostles and the prophets' offices must be able to cover the whole body of Christ worldwide. They are called sent ones for that reason. So God will give them a mandate and send them to different areas, to different groups of people. Paul was sent to the Gentile. Peter was sent to the Jew. 
We all know that. But then when Paul got in the synagogue, the, the anointing came on him and he preached there too. But they have a specific realm where they are called to, but God can use them in other realms as well as a gift for the whole body of Christ, not just for a certain group or a certain region. So apostolic vision for the church is revealed in this prayer. We said it reads like a blessing. It reminds me of 3 John 1, 12, which is another apostolic prayer and another apostolic blessing. We're all familiar with it. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. That word will will help you to understand the will of God and you get it like it's speaking to you. So an apostolic blessing, you know, you really don't have to fight hard to convince yourself that that's for you. You look at that prayer and you say, hmm, I'm supposed to. Huh? See, when that blessing is, is, is given properly through the right office, the right voice with the right anointing, it will do in everybody who reads it what it's supposed to do. And that is it brings you under the authority of it. So when you read, beloved, I wish above all things. Now, people argue about the word wish. Does that really mean? Is that you know, Yeah, it means exactly what it says. It was on his heart to bless God's people to prosper and be in health as their souls prosper. And you will find that if you let your soul prosper, you'll get the benefit of it. So it is true. It works. And it's for you and it's for everybody. It's not just for certain people. Divine health is for every believer. And we know that now. There are years in the church where we felt like every now and then when God felt like it, he healed somebody. Now we know that we feel we're supposed to be healed. We're not supposed to be sick. You got me? And we don't expect it and we don't try to get under it. We, re, we refuse it. We resist it because this apostolic blessing covers the whole church. It covers everybody. So you don't have to try to figure out, is God really speaking to me in this? Or is it I'm looking for a confirmation and I, 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 it's confirmed already. Because it's the vision of God spoken through his apostle for that people, for the church universal, eternal. Everybody that picks up a Bible will receive that, will be blessed by it, will see that it covers them. See, it's no doubt that God wants you healed and he wants you to prosper in everything that you do. And so as you meditate on these blessings, they become real to you. And he said, I wish above all things, all things. Number one, prosperity means everything you set your hand to goes up and not down. It never fails. It never ceases. It continues to bless you. That's what prosperity is. It means, and really it goes back to Genesis, the book of Genesis, where God blessed them and said, apostolic and prophetic authority will bless you and say. So we speak blessing on God's people. We speak health on you. We can do this with our words because God has given those offices the authority to lay a blessing to cover your life, all of your life. And so as you receive that word and receive that blessing, 
then you can repeat that over yourself. And then the authority on your life goes to everybody you have authority over. The people God sets for you to intercede for, you have authority over that realm of their life. For your children, you have authority over them to bless them with good health. So, And you will see that that blessing goes over them and covers their life and they walk healthy. They have good jobs. They finish school. They, they get diplomas. They get degrees. All of that stuff. Why? Because the apostolic blessing covers the whole body of Christ worldwide eternal. Amen. It covers everybody. So you can't get out from under this blessing. You can try to argue with it if you want to. Well, you know, I don't see nothing wrong with going doctors. I do. I don't like going there. Huh? I don't. You know, you might have to because you can't grab onto that healing by faith yet. But there's something wrong with that when God has something higher for you. I mean, to me, that's the only thing wrong with it. If you're going to say it's wrong, there's something better out there for you. Amen. There's something permanent there for you. All you have to do is get under it. Quit refusing it and get under it. Amen. Stand under that word of blessing. Meditate on that word of blessing until it crowds out every argument that would come against it. Amen. Same thing for prospering and going forward and doing good and doing well and making sure everything works out for you. You know, you can get under that word of blessing too. There is no failure here. I'm not expecting failure. I don't have any problems. I'm just waiting on God to give me the real word so that I can step into my solution. I'm ready for my direction from God. Where is my deliverance, Lord? Send it to me now. And so we have to understand that when you receive these blessings, these blessings are spoken over the body of Christ. And really all you have to do is put your faith in them and get under the word of blessing. Amen. Get under it. Meditate on it. Let it be between you and God. You don't care about, you know, the first thing we want to do is go run, tell all the saints so we can look like we're real spiritual. You know, it's not about that. It's really not about that. Because if you if your bills get paid, the saints will still keep living. If your bills don't get paid, the saints will still live like they always did. So it's no skin off my nose, your faith between you and God. But I can add mine to yours as a help to you. Amen. But it's really between you and God, the things that you desire from him. So go after them. You know, go after this is your permission to go after health and to go after prosperity. Amen. Prospering is much more than money. Man, you can have a lot of money and fail at a lot of other things. So that means every area of your life is blessed and blessed abundantly is prosperity. So the apostle, that apostolic blessing covers you like that. It covers you like that. So it says, um, let me think, this same apostolic prayer, the one we're talking about in Ephesians 117, reads like a blessing. And it's something the writer wishes to impart to all saints. It's not a selective blessing. It's apostolic and therefore it covers the whole body of Christ throughout eternity. Anybody who picks it up and reads it can get under it if they'll believe it and hold on to it. If it is already prayed for us, it must be attainable for all of us. So this has already been prayed for us by the Apostle Paul. 
So it is already attainable for all of us. It's out there already. In other words, that word's been released and it's aimed at us and it is for us. So it's totally attainable for all of us. So we must receive by faith all that this prayer provides. Amen. And what does this prayer provide? In verse 17, it starts out that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory in other words he doesn't want this is not a second hand anything for you paul is saying i want you to know that your father who is in heaven is the creator of glory and out of glory he created everything now what does that mean he created everything out of glory the glory of god really is is the manifested presence of god that contains every good thing from heaven and lacking nothing so you can depend on when the glory of god is imparted to you every good thing that heaven wants to provide for you that you have faith to receive is right there at that time for you the bible says also that he will supply all of your needs according to what you see in your bank account and thank God he don't. That little dried up piece of paper, you'll never balance them books. You're always wondering what's in there and calling up and going on. Going, now as you online, you're burning up the internet trying to find out what your balance is. Uh, what's my balance? Wonder if they didn't cash that check yet. Playing beat the check to the bank. Uh huh? Now, you don't know what you're going to do when it finally shows up because now you just spent all the money, huh? Right and rubber. Huh? No, he'll supply all of our needs according to his riches in glory. His riches in glory. Riches. There's nothing but riches in God. There's nothing but riches in God. He, he supplies out of abundance and wealth, in other words. So there's no lack where your supply comes from. You need to remember that, write it down, understand it, and press in for it. Many times we start asking God for things based on how good we think we've been. You know, the devil will put in your head the last time you messed up money when you go to pray. Oh, I don't know. I just, I feel like I should have done paid this already. Yeah, you should have. And it's still there. What you going to do? Huh? You're going to ask the Father of glory to supply your need out of his riches that are in glory. Huh? It'll get answered if you repent. Let me just throw that in for some of you who want to be nervous all day long about it. God, I don't know how many times I done messed up my money, but I done done it again. I keep saying I'm not going to do this, and I keep doing it. Uh, But can you please have mercy on me one more time? Not justice, mercy. (laughs) You don't know what justice entails, so you don't even want to go there. But you want him. He's the father of mercies. His mercy endures forever. 
Amen. So his mercy is always there. You want to dive into the middle of his mercy and let his mercy work a work in your life and in your situation. So you depend on the mercy of God. You depend on all the attributes of God. When you see him, you need to see him as loving, merciful, wise, knowledgeable, as a comfort to you, as your friend. He's not against you. He's for you. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, he created it. He abides in it. There's nothing but glory surrounding him. There's nothing but glory around him. In other words, that glory is the abundance of God. Amen. It's the weightiness of God. It's the heaviness of God. It's the. I can remember uh, at the conference where we had the glory impartation. Some people got pinned to that floor and couldn't get up until God was done with them. That's what you want. Amen. Pastor Shirley said a lady she prayed for, um, she said when she came back the next service, her clothes were loose on her. She had lost weight. Why? She stayed pinned on the floor as long as as God had her down there. And she told Pastor Shirley, look at my clothes. She said, my clothes were so tight yesterday. and, And she had some kind of heart trouble or something. Maybe it was fluid or whatever. But God when she was pinned on that floor that thing got taken care of you see what i'm saying so the manifest presence of god that's where god abides and he wants you to he wants to impart that to us folks if we'll stay under the cloud we'll get it huh we move too fast sometimes we want the minute prayer we want the 30 minute sermon we want the one hour service They'll get what they, you know, what they want. They get 30 minutes, and that's it. You know, they get a time factor. Glory has no time in it. Amen? Glory is the realm of eternity that God dwells in. You don't want, you don't, the last person you want to rush is God. You got me? It's the last person. When he was, when when Bartimaeus saw, they heard, he heard, he couldn't see anything. He heard Jesus was passing by, broke his neck. Hey, Jesus, wait a minute. Don't pass me. In other words, don't pass me by. When God is is there for you, don't be so much in a hurry to keep it moving. You know, you don't keep it moving with God. When God came to visit Abraham in a theophany, we saw three men coming to visit him. He said, hey, wait, stop. He knew immediately who it was. He prepared an altar, a sacrifice, and an offering for them. He, He compelled them to stay. When Jesus met the three on the road to Emmaus, he, they say he constrained them. They constrained him to stay with them a little bit longer until he revealed himself to them. Until that time, they weren't sure that was Jesus raised from the dead. Until he did one thing. He started to break bread with them and he said, wait a minute, wait, 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 don't go anywhere. You Can you stay with us a little bit longer? Hmm? And this is what you want. When God is ready to do something with you, for you, around you, whatever it is, you die right in the middle of it. Don't don't act like you got. You know, God's not religious. He's not impressed with your trying to pretend to people you know it already. He really isn't. He's there to help you. Here to help me. I want him to stay around as long as, as he can stand me. <laughs> Amen. Amen. 
So the father of glory, you're asking for the manifested presence of God. You get to the source and the creator of everything good, perfect, righteous, and appropriate. Whatever God gives you is fitting for your situation. What did he pray that the father of glory would give us? Amen. That He said... <clears throat> That he would give you a spirit from him. Now, he said the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. When you get, say for instance, if I went to nursing school and they taught me biology, you know, and all the sciences they have to teach you. I could memorize certain facts and, you know, pass the test. Because of my mental capacity, I can focus on certain things. And you can too. This is common. This is how we learn stuff. You focus on certain facts and certain details. But when you <laughs> get to working in the hospital and them patients is looking at you, you, you understand what I'm saying? You might take the put the blood pressure cuff on right. You might put it on upside down. You understand what I'm saying? Chemistry goes out the window and all that, all that head knowledge. In. That's why Paul said he wanted you not to get knowledge but the spirit of. When you get the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. You have a person there to explain it to you, to break it down to you so that it walks. That person walks with you in every situation you get into and can give you a piece of the knowledge of God. We call it the word of knowledge. He can give you a piece of the mind of God, the wisdom of God. We call it the word of wisdom. He can give you a piece of the, the, the message that God wants you to have. You understand what I'm saying? Because it is a spirit. A spirit has personhood. A spirit has knowledge. A person, a spirit knows how to read your thoughts and read your limits and know what you need in a certain situation. I can remember distinctly the first time when the gifts of the spirit started to work. They didn't work in my life until I got connected with a body of believers and i say that to you to tell you if somebody ain't churched leave them alone if they're not under the authority of the church you walk away their prophecies and everything are no good you understand me because i know for a certainty i had god on the inside me i was baptized in the holy spirit i read my bible constantly every day i did it because i needed a healing from god and that was the only place i found peace so I was filled with the word, but the work of the ministry didn't work until I got connected with the body of Christ and I got connected with a body of believers. That's why I remember distinctly the first day the word of knowledge operated on me in a Bible study with a group of, of women. And I was, I was regular in a local church at the same time. And I was devoted to God in the way he wanted me to be there. And he began to give me visions and revelations of things to help the prayers that we were doing. Your gifts help things. It's to profit with all. You understand what I'm saying? Y'all stop it. It's pulling me off. Okay, come on. Break it up. Thank you. Okay. 
And so when you start to do these things, when you're properly attached to the body of Christ, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God will come upon you, the Holy Spirit and all of his personhood to help you in everything that you do. I remember distinctly the first time I got a word of wisdom. I was with, I was with Pastor Shirley. We had, we had uh, bought something. Do you remember that little green bed that we had bought for your boys? It was like a cot or something like that. And they took it apart at the little secondhand store. We bought it. And we couldn't figure out how to put it together again. And I told the Lord, I said, Jesus, help us. We got it. We thought we knew what we were doing. See, we thought we knew. When you see from the natural realm, you don't know what's going on. We thought we remembered how that guy put it together. And he says simply, it's backwards. Turn it around. And you turn it around and there it was. Why? The spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge. We had the knowledge in the natural. We had the wisdom in the natural. But it failed us when we got that thing apart and had to put it back together again. See, this is very important because the spirit of wisdom and revelation goes beyond your memory, natural ability. You know, you can fish around in your brain and try to, now, what, how did he put that together? We did that for a solid hour. I mean, we tried hard. But just knowledge will fail you. Human understanding will fail you. But the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God will never fail you because it is the person of the Holy Spirit imparting to you enough to know exactly what to do. And then he cuts it off. He's not like man. You know how people, when they think they know something, once they get your attention, they'll talk for four days. And you're like, they still, is this still going on? Come on now. Huh? You know, we need to thank God for editors. <laughs> you see some of these reality shows and you look at them, you say, oh, that was pretty interesting. Cut, and they go to the next thought. Because some people are hard to edit. I'm telling you, I, when, when I went to college, I would go like the first week and find out how much, now let me see, how much can I miss and still get my, I had a job, I had a man I was trying to, my plate was full, school was like, mm. I didn't major in boys, but they were like a close second. Girlfriend, had, I had to get myself set up for the rest of my life. Come on now, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> See? You know, I mean, what, women working then, you know, this was years ago. We didn't make the kind of money y'all making now. Y'all say, I don't need you. I need you, brother. What's, <laughs> tell me what to do, what to look like, how you want, whatever, whatever, whatever. Let's work something out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so them, them professors with their... <laughs> Very low on my list, huh? <laughs> Kept me out of eternal boredom. But head knowledge is like that. After a while, it's very dry, very boring. Why am I doing this? Huh? All I want to do is keep from killing somebody once they let me on that floor taking care of patients. I mean, if they lived, it was a bonus. I'm on the plus side. Of, are you kidding me? Uh, 
you used to have to calculate their medicine you they i re, i i remembered one thing i said uh this this don't look right giving them 10 pills see well you got to give them that many you know something's off on the calculations <laughs> Oopsie. let me take them back that's too many ain't it? girl no Huh? You'd be praying for a desk job if you, you know, that's how you give them out. Anywho, but the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, this is something that in, when he's talking about the knowledge of God, it means to get close to him and understand what he's thinking. Understand what he would do in a certain situation. It's a spirit that tells you that. So when you go to lay hands on a sick person, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him will tell you exactly what Jesus would do if he were standing there in your body. In fact, he is standing there in your body. And you begin to operate. Just You become his hands. You become his mouth. All of that. And his power flows through you. Because the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him keeps you back from messing it up the anointing is as much a restraining power on the part of the person who is doing the ministry as it is a helping power in other words you can't mess this up you could try real hard to mess up the work why do you think god can trust us with the work of the ministry you think he's sending out a bunch of 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 loose cannons out here on the world trying to call ourselves getting people healed are you kidding me? He'll keep you away from people that you, you that's too tough for you to handle. You understand what I'm saying? Anybody that's 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 within your path that he draws you to, and you gotta understand the unction of the spirit. He's not telling you to pray with everybody you see. It's a wisdom spirit. He's wise enough to know who's ready right now. He's wise enough to know who's going to receive right now. He's wise enough to know who was praying for something to happen to them to help them today. He's wise. So it's a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. It's a revealed person. That's Jesus Christ. So it's the ministry of Jesus that the Holy Spirit helps us. To achieve, if you don't have a heart to help people, come on now. If you this this thing this this is not just gonna fall on you, and you just can only cram a few people in every now and then that you care about. You have to really care about people. You have to let Jesus consume you enough to give you exactly what He thinks, what He feels, what He's about every day. You have to pray for these things to happen to you. You have to want them to happen. You have to use your faith and desire. For him to use you and these things to happen to you. I can remember asking God one time to put somebody in my path that needed help. And I wound up driving this girl around for an hour and a half. I said, come on, God, I'm thinking on the lines of this and go. (laughs) He said, she needed my help. I said, oh, we've moved into a different realm. I repent. I digress. The Spirit corrects you. 
Because see, in your mind, you may be thinking one thing. In God's mind, he's thinking something totally different. So he'll put you in sync with where his heart is. He will. And her baby, too. Well, the baby was sleeping. That was nice. But man, she talked. Huh? (laughs) And when she got in my car and told me where she was going, I said, "Uh uh-oh. I plead the blood. She said, I'm late for a court date. I'm going and I ain't packing. I don't know si kiri I'm packing that, huh? <laughs> but see, I, I felt peace about it because I prayed. I'd ask God to do that. Amen. She needed help. She really did. Amen. So we have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. In James 1, it says, if any of us lack wisdom to do what? Ask. He gives it how? Liberally. And what what won't he do? Tell us off if we ask. Upbraid means to, to, you know, tell you, you know, like, you know, parents get sick of their kids ask, oh, come on now, don't ask me that again. You remember. You know, he won't do that to you. Amen. Amen. We need wisdom, number one, to solve problems. Ours and others. Amen. Amen. So we are the ministers of the earth. We're here to solve problems. It causes we need wisdom also to live in peace. So you're not fighting everything and everybody all the time. You need wisdom to avoid loss and to overcome the ever-present adversary. And this goes beyond saying the devil is a lie. No. So we know that. What you going to do about it? No. Most people come to that revelation after God moves and they see that he really was messing with them, you know. (laughs) Praise God. Overcome the ever-present adversary. Revelation really refers to light and no darkness. There is no darkness whatsoever in God. Amen. No darkness. He won't tell you anything wrong. He won't give you nothing shady to do. Huh? Right. Oh yeah. I was. I was. Uh, you know. As you go tell your husband. You know what? I was bringing bringing that money to you. <laughs> uh, you know how it goes. I was gonna do that, but then I thought about I was a little shot over here. I use your long to help my shot. Huh? That's why they had everything. No, it's another story. Wrong, wrong meeting. I'm sorry. This is what is this? Is uh, Rejoice Detroit, right? Okay. This spirit is granted to us. You don't have to beg for it. You don't have to fast for it. You don't have to go consecration. You know how the saints do. The first of the year. We gonna go consecration. <laughs> uh, now there's nothing wrong with fasting. You know what I mean. But you gotta know what you doing, you gotta know what you after. And you gotta make sure you get it when the fast is over. You understand what I'm saying? There's a lot of fasting we could do that we indulge ourselves in too much. Huh? 
And Isaiah, what is it, Isaiah 58, is, is this a fast that I have to put away the pointing of the finger? Telling everybody what's wrong with the church and Christians don't do this and they don't treat you right. They shoot the wounded and all this guy. You need to be shot. <laughs> they didn't shoot you enough if you're still whining. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Shirley. I appreciate that. Thank you. We need to do the chosen fast, not the one we make up. Huh? Try to sound spiritual. Huh? Put your mouth on correction sometimes. Hmm? If you do that, your heart will start to line up. But this spirit is granted to us, not just a little bit here and there, but we possess his spirit of wisdom. It's there working for us all the time. Working for us all the time. And Paul said, I want you to be fully equipped for every good work. And you can't do that without the spirit of wisdom and revelation. You've got to know that God is with you. And when you get stuck down down the street that you don't know which way to turn, that spirit will rise up in you and give you an answer. That spirit will help you in every difficulty that you get into. I can remember times we, you know, when we first started ministry and Pastor Shirley would go with me. She was always faithful to, you know, go. And I think she was more amused at some of the, that was her amusement, you know what I'm saying? But I remember we were like maybe like 30 miles from, from getting home. And we had been in, this girl would invite us out to teach a Bible study in her home. And so we would go out and be faithful teaching the Bible study. Well, I didn't realize that we didn't have enough gas to get back home. And I can remember the power of God being on me so strong. Pastor Shirley was, she was easing up off the gas pedal. I said, what you doing? And she said, well, I'm short on gas. I said, girl. And I said, God, give us enough gas to go home. That dial went zoop all the way up to half full. I should have asked him for a full tank. You know what I'm saying? But according to your faith, be it unto you. Amen. But that's the spirit of wisdom and revelation. God revealed to us, I will fill your tank. I made gas. I own gas. That's glory. Glory knows he owns gas. He has gas. He will give you gas. And this spirit is already ours. It's granted to us. Amen. He said, because it's been prayed for us already. Not just a little here and there, but we are possessors of his spirit of wisdom and revelation. This spirit is a source of wholeness and nothing is held back. Nothing is held back. You can get revelation to solve any problem that ever comes up. I don't care what it is. People don't use it enough. You know, we struggle in a lot of areas because we don't understand and draw from what we have in fact i think we draw from it way too little it should be a familiar route to you to get into the realm of the spirit to get your answer you know we struggle raising our children we struggle getting money to pay for everything we struggle with all of this kind of stuff i can remember telling somebody they said well um i don't know how uh they said 
what do they say? They said, well, we have, there's a payment due for my son's tuition. I said, do you have the money? They said, no. I said, well, you ain't going to pay it. Sometimes wisdom states the obvious. I said, God is not expecting you to supply that. He's going to supply that need for you. You better start pressing in and praying. Oh, yeah. You had the same you got the same money in the bank the last time you was broke, which is every day, you know, for most people. You know, it ain't that much there. Why you go looking in there trying to see what you I gotta get you the money. God ain't told you to go get nothing to pay for that boy's college. He said he'd pay for it. You ain't got it, he gotta pay for it. Understanding his eyes, verse eighteen. Says the eyes of your understanding being enlightened in other words scales fall off darkness comes off groping around for answers and nothing comes Ooh, i forgot there's a spirit that enlightens the eyes of my understanding he says in verse 18 the eyes of your understanding being enlightened this spirit works in you continually enlightening the eyes of your understanding you mean I don't have to sit and wait for an answer? I don't have to wait five days for an answer? No, 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 no. I remember a minister, and, you know, I thought they was up on stuff. You know what I mean when I say up on stuff. You know, they, they were discussing with me some things that they were concerned about. And I said, well, do you want me to pray for you? And they said, yeah, yeah, would you? Would you? You know, some people like to patronize you when you... When you offer to pray, they just, and then he kept talking. I said, well, I'm going to pray now. And God it gave him an answer right there. And I guess he got scared and got off the phone because I heard from him since then. You understand what I'm saying? That patronizing, yeah, girl, pray for me. Huh? And God will show up with the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And I gave him the answer in, in somebody not long after that came and provided part of the answer for him and he still didn't move on it see how unbelief these these are faith people i'm talking about see rama graduate you know friend of brother hagan you need to get god for yourself brother you understand what i'm saying just get get to getting god all your connections won't take the place of this you get the spirit of wisdom and you know that it works for you and you know that it's always there. Ignorance darkens your eyes and you can't see or comprehend the vision in the mind of God. Ignorance is from darkness, comes from the dark realm. That's why you got so many witches trying so hard to get answers because they're in darkness. And they're, they understand that darkness is very thick to get through. So they're always trying different ways of getting, you know, answers from God and getting visions and all this kind of stuff. But we as believers have that spirit abiding with us all the time. Enlightenment means to know these things. We know where to look and we find what we are searching for. So any believer knows to search inside of themselves for the answer 
search the word of God. Go to the light to get enlightenment. You go to the word to get enlightenment. If you don't have your Bible on you and you need something, you go within. And the word of knowledge and the word of, of, uh, of wisdom will work for you. Prophetic offices tend to release this over the body of Christ. Apostolic offices release it as a blessing. Prophetic offices release it as an anointing. So when you work around prophets, you will get more enlightened. I mean the real ones. You know what I'm saying? You ain't talking about these people. It's these one gift wonder people. You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about prophets who understand their relationship to you is to impart to you. These are impartation offices. Not all offices are impartation offices. Amen. Prophet's office is heavy impartation of revelation. Prophets will typically say things to you like if you come to them with a problem you're talking about, you say they'll say, tell them so and so and such and such. Uh-huh. Don't I do that. Doesn't that all? And it's no disrespect to anybody, but this is how the office works. And God wants to see if you're going to be obedient and do that. Huh? If you'll be obedient and do that, guess what? The word will come to you directly yourself the next time. You won't have, you can be, and the prophet's happy for you to bypass them. You understand what I'm saying? I could watch some more Empire too. See what cooking them up to this week. Huh? Y'all ain't the only ones. <laughs> And don't say you don't watch it. I know everybody click, 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 click. You got the Hulu and got the Lulu and got all them things. You can watch it 24-7. Even get last year's episodes so you can catch up. Huh? <laughs> but that's how impartation works. You receive it, and then the prophet has to know it's worked in you. Now, this seems like kindergarten to some people. But they must know that it's worked in you. When they set about imparting something to you, they mean for it to work in you. When the prophet told his servant, he said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. That is a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God working there. Huh? And what did he tell the servant? It wasn't that he needed somebody to go and look and see if they saw a cloud. Get real. If the prophet said it was coming, he believed it was coming, it's going to come no no matter what the servant did. But this was the servant's opportunity to learn and to grow and to receive so that he would be the next one to stand in the office. Don't think you're going to wait till a prophet is half dead to go start hanging around them and get something off of them. I felt that. Uh-huh. I forget who one of them kings went to the prophet. He was laying on his deathbed. He like, can you just let me die in peace? He, can you give me one more word? Can you give me one more <laughs> The guy that threw the arrows down, he said, for your enemies, pick up the number of arrows you want to, to thrust into them. He picked up four, and the prophet said, you should have done six. Huh? 
and died. He just left him there, rebuked him before he left. Saul called Samuel up from the dead to get a word from him. See, this, the spirit of rhythm, wisdom and revelation will keep you from living like that. You got me? It's to be imparted to you so you can receive the revelation gifts of God. Prophets are very heavy in revelation from God. Man, that doesn't mean we're infallible, but when it's working, it's working. And it's working good. So the prophet told his servant to go and, and tell me what you see. He said, I smell rain. You go look. Tell me what you see. Huh? I don't see anything. Go back again. I don't see anything. Go back again. Now, see, a lot of people would have got mad and went home and said, you know, something wrong with keep running me, running me here and running me there. And I, I don't have a lot of gas in my car to be running around for her like that. And it's, them people over there, they, they work you, take your money. They don't care if you're out of gas. They make you keep running around getting stuff. Just a thought. Huh? The prophet was trying to impart something to him. When, when God sends you to a prophet, the prophet assumes you're there because God sent you and something good is going to transpire between the two of you. And it's for your benefit. You got me? Now, we benefit too, but <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying. Got to plow sometimes. But he finally saw, he said, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. It might have been bigger. I'm going to tell you something that happens when you're being corrected in what you do. You only want to give it lip service. You don't want to give it. You got me? It shows the size of your faith that you want to invest in something, how big you see it. When he said the size of a man's hand, that was very small for a cloud. I mean, how could you see it? But he didn't want to make the prophet sound like he was right. Once he'd been corrected six times and looking for it. The prophet had told one guy that was standing, remember the guy on whose hand the king leaned. The king was leaning on him and they, he prophesied that tomorrow in the gate of Samaria, so-and-so would be sold for so much. And they said, if God can make windows in heaven. Now, see, he's a big deal because the king depends on him. Sometimes you can be a people person with a lot of power depending upon an idiot. Just depends on what kind of people you want to have around you. Understand what I'm saying? The prophet said, ooh, it's going to happen, but you won't be here to see it. Huh? And as soon as that gate opened, that guy got pushed against the gate, was crushed dead by the avalanche of people that believed. Huh? You know, faith always passes judgment on unbelief. And you see a demonstration of all these people in faith believing that now the drought is over, the famine is over, we can go in and buy and sell. They pass judgment on the unbelieving servant. Killed him dead at the door of the gate. He saw it, but he didn't get to receive it. Huh? 
When God says something, you need to endeavor to believe it. Amen. The eyes are understanding are enlightened to know what? What you're doing here. What are you here for? Remember all the years of teaching we had on purpose? The people still running around like chickens with their head cut off don't know what they're here for. Huh? That's true. That's why churches empty out. That's why people got sick of the mega churches. They got tired of telling them, I go in Bishop so-and-so's church and I go to so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And it never did anything for them. You got me? Why? Because these people never locked into what belonged to them. Amen. Once you lock into what belongs to you, you don't disconnect too easily. You understand what I'm saying? You hang on for everything it's worth because you know as bad as it gets, something better still coming. And you don't want to miss it. You want to be a part of it. So your eyes are open to know the hope of your calling. You will actually see yourself doing what God wants you to do with your life. And when you get in it, you'll feel comfortable in it. And you'll crave to do more. That's the hope of your calling. You see yourself being productive and fruitful in God's kingdom without stop. You see yourself prosperous and healthy in God's kingdom without stop. And you see yourself working for God until the Lord comes. So your eyes are open, open for the hope of your calling. Hope means it's something that you can attain. Whatever you hope for in God is attainable. If God says that he's going to give you a, a healing ministry to rival that of somebody, I don't know, you know, in prophecies they give people. I hate telling people stuff like that. You know, even though sometimes it might be true so people can associate what the anointing is like with somebody else. But, you know, you want to make people know that what they have is authentic, that that what they have is for them, that comes from God for them. You understand what I'm saying? You don't want to be like somebody else's. Sometimes that feeds into the flesh of man because there might be a, a, a minister that everybody thinks is was, you know, it as far as anointing was concerned. And so we'll start to look at those people as being somebody very, very important, hard to attain to. Why? God's, if they're doing anything in God, his spirit is the one that's doing all the heavy lifting. They're just there getting the understanding and depending upon him to feed them. I can say this much. People who have anointings like that are consistent and faithful people. And who can't be consistent and faithful? Amen. Anybody can do that. And so we have to understand that when God gives you the hope of your calling, your eyes will come open to that. And that's what you start living your life for. That's what you start aiming for. That's what you start giving yourself over to. And everything else is a distraction. Huh? You can try and make it important again. I double dog dare you. To get once you your eyes have been like you know what God called you to do, you can't go back to you know before I, I met the Lord my husband was everything you understand what I'm saying and then after I met God I said you mean to tell me ah uh, I'm going to the Presbyterian church down the street I ain't thinking about y'all 
I said, you mean to tell me I was in the mental hospital because this brother said he was going to divorce me? I wish he would say, I would almost try to push him to say that word again. I should try it. See what I do to you. God, Jesus, now. need no. You know, you start put, putting things in proper order. Now, I don't want nobody to go out here divorcing nobody. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? God gives you your spouse to love and them to love you. But you don't worship them anymore. You understand me? Everything's in its proper place and proper order. And it's hard to go back to. You know, you feel stupid. I say, you know what, God? I can't believe I was all messed up in my head because this brother wanted to go somewhere. Huh? Sure. We all get like that. So for some people, it's their children. Some people, it's their careers and jobs. And so once you get enlightened, your job, you could go on there and tell them, fire me. I just want you to let me go and see what I do. You understand what I'm saying? Huh? Them kids, you can pray them into a place where you never have to pray again. You understand what I'm saying? With God. Huh? That light gets in your eyes like that, it blinds you to everything else. Everything else is secondary. Your eyes are understanding to know the hope of your calling. Your hope makes it attainable. He makes his calling on you attainable, plain, known, not materious, vague, and spooky. You got me? You don't have a spooky anointing. You don't have a spooky calling. You don't have, oh, this is so unusual. Nobody else has this. But is it God? Is it so uh, unusual that they ain't even God no more? You understand what I'm saying? Don't get too spooky. Just get in there and read Mark 16, 17, and 18 and go do that. You understand? If you can do that, you're doing something big for God. But it's attainable. It's plain. The understanding is there. The enlightenment is there. You have an inheritance as all the saints do. You have, we are all heirs together. The riches of his glory and his, of his inheritance in the saints. We're all heirs of God. And we're joint heirs with Christ. That means it's already laid up for us. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to strive. You don't have to. You know, God's got more than enough for everybody. We're not in competition for the anointing. We're not in competition for uh, sheep so we can have a bigger church than the guy down the street. There's enough sinners out here. You can go create your own church in a day, you know, if you have enough of an anointing. They did it in the book of Acts. 5,000 people with no mailing list, no television show. Huh? The anointing drew people to them. Huh? And it wasn't spooky. And it wasn't, you know. I'm not going to even go no further with that. Y'all would know who I'm talking about. I'm going to (laughs) stop. No. But you know what I'm talking about. Signs and wonders follow the offices of apostle and prophet. The offices are validated with signs, wonders, and mighty deeds. 
And that's why this spirit of wisdom and revelation comes upon the church. That you can produce the signs, wonders, and mighty deeds. Mighty deeds are you go into a city and you decide that, that God has sent you there and you're going to make a difference there. And you don't care who says what and you don't care what they say and you don't care how they backbite you and malign you or anything like that. You don't care what devil they send to your meeting and try to tell you you can't do what you're doing, try to intimidate you, all that kind of stuff. I remember when we we uh, first came here and the, the door that was open for us to have a regular meeting was over in Canada. And I asked the Lord, I said, well, God, I... I don't know if you want me there. You know, when you go to a city, you think you're called to that city. And it was kind of unusual. We'd be across the water. And the Lord told me, he said, that's a seat. That's a seat over there of a lot of the trouble that you see over here. Then, like, maybe the next year or something, somebody told me, or I read somewhere in in a news caption, Coleman Young said the same thing when he was mayor of Detroit. He looked out. And across the river and he said that's where a lot of our problems are coming from you understand what I'm saying during the prohibition some of the laws that we enact in this nation are counteracted by laws that they set up over in Canada when we had prohibition here one of the reasons it didn't work is because of Johnny Walker sitting over there right on the river you don't think he you just think he likes the scenery when that ice when the Detroit River would freeze over and them, them cars, them souped-up NASCARs they used to have to outrun the revenuers. NASCAR started because of, of people, uh, criminals, souping up engines so they could outrun the internal revenue. Do You know, the law enforcement is always like 60 miles per hour behind a criminal. You understand what I'm saying? Or, or uh, 50 calibers short of what the criminal is using and so a lot of the crime organized crime got its foothold during prohibition days because of that they just drove right across johnny walker made a lot of money just producing stuff and sending it over here why because the bootleggers couldn't make it fast enough huh are you kidding me have you seen the kind of people in the rehab drug addicts and alcoholics you can't make stuff fast enough for them people so Canada supplied it. The same thing with draft dodgers during the 60s and 70s. They were escaping here, going over there. And they have, we have a treaty with them. If somebody's up for the death penalty, they won't give them back. Why they want criminals, I don't know. But you understand what I'm saying, right? And so when, when God set us there, we were set there by God and we just began to pray and then soon after that we get a visitor and this woman and her husband had a church and it was a pretty prosperous church some of the people that came to our meetings went to their church and I guess one of the witches see when you cut your teeth on witches when you're a baby Christian minister and all you ever see come to the meetings are witches. You kind of know them before they get. That's a prophet's biggest opposition is witchcraft. 
because we're in the realm of the spirit with the real thing, the pure thing, and they're pulling out the false. So they're going to try to. So anyway, she and her husband had this church, and I thought it was a real prosperous church. What did she need my meeting for? But I heard some of her people who wanted to control the meeting didn't like the fact that I wouldn't let them give them the mic and pray. And I thought, well, I'm paying the rent up in here. You want the mic, you go get your own mic. You understand what I'm saying? I didn't tell them that, but that's the way I felt about it. Go take the mic from me. This is my mic. Huh? It was connected to a boom box, too, but it was my mic. Wasn't nothing nobody really wanted. But what it symbolized. Got me? The devil always wants what it symbolizes. You got to know what what you do symbolizes to the enemy. You got me? Stay with the spirit of wisdom and revelation until they explain it to you. So God had me preach a sermon. I was shocked she stayed. I said, oh, this, this, she must be running something around here. You know, sometimes you can get those that have assumed enough authority in the religious world, the spooky realm where they think they call the shots. You know, I'm the head prophetess here, and I'm the regional mucky muck around here, and I'm the head this, there, and the other. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what I am, but I just work for God. You know what I'm saying? Make sure you know you work for God. And so I preached. I forget what I preached now. I'm thinking about it. Oh, come on, Barb. You remember this. Miss Clydell, you were there. What did I preach? Because Miss Clydell was nervous the whole time. <laughs> but I stood right up over her and I talked, didn't I? Huh? It, it had to do with some, some kind of witchcraft somewhere. You remember what it is? I said I was going to remember that. I don't either. But it, she got so nervous, she just sat there and everybody knew who I was talking about. So when the meeting was over, I took the offering and I went and said hello to her. And I said, I said, you know, I said, I hear you're the pastor, now co-pastor. Two-headed monster, but we won't go there. <laughs> Ephesians 4.11 says, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. It don't say co-nothing, does it? You get something, you're going to be responsible to God by yourself, not cope with somebody else where you can blame somebody for something. You either called or yay. But that's a whole other story, another sermon. But anywho, um, she was telling me, she said, oh, um, I said, is there anything I can help you with? I said, I hope you enjoyed it. I said, this is our service. I said, we had prayer. We always have prayer before. And come back again if you know if you want. Well, actually, I'm the pastor time. My people were telling me you were having this meeting. And, uh, you know, we the fact that they put their money in here. And I was curious about, I said, well, I said, we really don't reveal what we have in our offerings to everybody who walks in here. You can understand that, being a pastor. Well, no, I just, you know, I just thought, I said, well, how'd you enjoy the meeting? Oh, I enjoyed your word. I said, I'm sure you did. 
you know. I said, well, you take your shirt off when you get home. Check the blood on your. I hope it cuts you real good. She never came back again. Huh? Never had nothing else to say. Her little people saw they couldn't move me. Huh? So we stayed. I was always going to stay. Why? Because I had walked in the hope of my calling already. I knew what I was called to do. Nobody uncalls you. God don't even uncall you. He said the gifts and callings are without repentance. So I'm called forever. He don't fire nobody. You understand me? He don't lose nobody. Huh? So you, you know that when you're sent to do something. There's opposition to it. You understand that God will have you withstand every opposition. You've got to have the boldness and the confidence to say it anyway. When, when she left, I told Clyde, I looked at her. She was a wreck sitting in that chair, just a, like, like a deer looking at him. I said, you didn't think I was going to be that bold, did you? She said, no, I didn't. It was chewing, munching on something or drinking a tea or something. I told her, I said, listen, when you call to do something for God, it's do or die. You know, we the ride or die people, you know, the real ones. I don't, I don't hold back on anything. If I'm wrong, God will correct me. You understand me? Because he loves me. And I can take it from him. But I am not going to bow to some witch living over in Johnny Walker land. Trying to intimidate me and talk to me about money. I want to say by the time you and your husband get finished fleecing everybody, your sheep don't have nothing left no way. You understand what I'm saying? Ain't nothing left for nobody. Think I'm doing this for money. How dare you? (laughs) Praise God. Amen. All right, why don't we stop? We can't get to the end of this. We'll just stop. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding that comes with your holy word. Thank you, Lord, for that we have imparted to us already the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. That we can go out boldly and confidently knowing that we are fully equipped to every good work. And we thank you, Lord, that spirit dwells in us. It hovers over us. It envelops us. It imparts and and strengthens us and it restrains us. So we thank you, Lord. That spirit does a full job in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Anybody need prayer? Come on up. We'll get prayer. Sorry we're so long today, but...